0: Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Hafiz. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sam.
1: And this is Chris, the star of the show. My boy, Marshall's in the building. Hoo, hoo,
0: hoo, hoo. Woo, I'm excited. And Marshall. we are
1: the
2: roommates what's on up, the Condo Podcast Network. Woo, wake up, wake up, wake up. So we got a special guest named Marshall.
1: Marshall Anderson out of San Antonio.
2: I come Marshall, come on the, the microphone. San Antonio. Say to the You gotta say what's up. You
1: gotta say what's up, Marshall. You gotta, you gotta say something.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Marshall. Hey, say something about yourself, bro. Say something cool. Say something cool. Something cool. <laughs> he was valedictorian in high school.
1: That's true, out of 30, it counts still. <laughs> and he can shoot that ball. Hey, he's white, AKA Caucasian, that means he can smack the three. <laughs> and he's got a full beard. That's the only thing And I ladies, and ladies, like those too. eyes. Stop it, Sam. Oh, God. God. oh he's dreamy, Dad, Dad. he's dreamy. dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> he's dreamy. But Marshall's been a big fan of ours, he's been day one, homie. You know, we are, what, two-thirds of the big three. Shout-out to Alan Rodriguez. We miss you. a
2: Hispanic. The good A-Rod. Yes, sir. All right, I'm done. All right, man. So, what's, what's been going on? I know Sam's ready to vent. Sam's ready to vent this week.
1: Go ahead, Sam. Get it all out. Get yeah,
0: off man, your chest. It's not even the type of thing I want to talk about. Oh, wow. Today, I just took... Some horrible L's. Not in basketball, though. Man, no, not in basketball, but I don't even care about basketball anymore. I'll tell you a funny story about basketball, by the way. Man, so there's a cycle in my life where I screw up and I screw up and I just do what I want and I do what I want. And then eventually I get disciplined. Eventually it all catches up to me. And uh, today was the day it all caught up to me. Everything that I've been doing all willy nilly, then caught up to me. And. uh, I'm suffering right now. I'm actually I'm actually acting kind of happy on the show right now, but in all honesty, man, these guys saw me about 10 minutes ago and I was. I we
1: have was, to fight. We have to fight. To get yeah, I too.
0: was, man. It's just a rough time. Just a rough time.
1: It's life, all good. life sucks. That's what ice cream made for. By the way, that Blue Bell ice cream is crack cocaine, bro. New flavor called Ice Cream Cone by Blue Bell. Crack, Irby. It's crack. Crack.
0: it's crack but crack only makes you happy for a little bit below
1: <laughs> but you want more so you can be happy all the time
0: uh-uh crack yeah bro it was crack it's it's, it's, got, it's got like real cones in it i don't know how they did that and the cones
1: are still crispy but they did it man it's perfect but they did it my life has changed what flavor of ice cream is this it's called it's literally called ice cream cone maybe no that's literally no that is the name of the flavor yeah ice bro. cream corn.
0: the colors everything inside of it that that ice cream man it's crack <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> that crack bro, that's should your color bro ice cream crack or just crack right on there i'm trying, I'm trying to tell you <laughs> hey man we'll, hey listen the first listener to talk about this crack. on the show we might invite you over you can have some but invite. not, but not too much. Just two scoops. There's a two scoop limit for guests. Yeah, for is Do what? We'll invite them over. Let them have some ice cream. For for doing what? For uh, going on social media, Instagram, and being like, "Hey, guys, let me come through and get some of that
2: crack." Crack. Hey, man. And we we got y'all. Mm. So hit up the roommates, asking for crack, that crack, <laughs> and we got y'all. <laughs> we do it every day on we, our doorsteps tomorrow. We got that,
1: man. <laughs> hey, South Park. We know it's
2: crack out there, somewhere. Oh man, I got I got a funny story this week though. So, um, <laughs> so I've been recently transitioning from doing no athletic activities in my life to doing basketball and it's been a bit of a rough transition. This dude, Chris, got spit all over the table. I'm chillin'! <laughs> Disrespect. I'm uh, uh, just kidding. But so I'm transitioning whatnot, not like Caitlyn Jenner, but a different kind of transitioning. Oh, why'd you even make <laughs> that word? Why? Did you do so I'm transitioning to um, to playing basketball, and I played one on one for the first first oh, time. Oh no! Okay. I played twenty one for the first time. Okay, in like probably five years. That's how you spoke. No to offense be. to the guys, they were terrible. So okay. it was a great game. <laughs> it was a great game. <laughs> they were terrible. They were all we were all missing shots. It was a great game. Um, and then today I played two on two with really good players. So I kind of worked my way up. Did you play with that light skinned kid, no, the Coldwood? I didn't think He came late, day. but there was somebody else who's just as cold as him. Yeah, this dude was stroking all day. <laughs> this dude was stroking all day. So man, we like we played probably six games back to back to back. And if you know anything about working out, like there's mass and there's lean, right? So I've been trying, since I lost a lot of weight when I went vegan, I've been working out for mass. And when you work work out for mass, you don't do cardio. Cardio makes you skinny. That's why you see all the, Never mind, I won't go into that. So you don't do cardio. (laughs) Hoopers. You you don't do any of that cardio crap. And so we played six games back to back to back to back. By game four, (laughs) I was exhausted. So bad to the point I had to fake an ankle injury <laughs> I had to fake an ankle injury To get a uh, break <laughs>
0: Don't worry bro The pros do that as
2: well Lebanon J, Paul <laughs> Pierce You know like in NFL when they run a no huddle And, and the dude just oh, fake yeah. a injury That's exactly what I did man And the dude's like man you alright man I was like I'm good I'm good I just hop right back up and say, man you, you ain't got a force And now nah I'm good And that called a timeout <laughs> The, <laughs> during the fifth game, Man, I call game and months. I took off my shoe and I started massaging my <laughs> knowing that I was just tired. I'll be old. I'll be, how old are you? uh Too old to be doing that. God, but hey, day. it's either tell him I'm tired or to fake an injury. I don't know. Bro. And my masculinity told me, fake an injury. The boy yeah.
1: Sam, Sam, we just quit on you.
2: Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> th- that's just who I am. <laughs> if I don't got the gas, or if I don't feel like having the gas. And in the first four games, nope. I was covering the best player. And I realized there's a reason, like, I respect Michael Jordan for winning defensive MVP in his prime. Because to cover somebody, the best player, and to play offense is exhausting. So yeah, so that's that's my funny story. Hey, shout out to Kawhi Leonard. San Antonio's finest. Mm, yeah. yawn Hi, <sighs> right, Chris, what about your week?
1: Man, I had some of that crack and I've been, it's been good. Now I've been challenged this week, man. I've been fired up. Like, um man, come on, don't throw the water on me. Dis- meanie, butt move. Anyways. I got that one um, for you. I had to, um, like like my job had put on this presentation for us and basically it was about hard work and discipline. I realized I don't have discipline at all. Like zero self-control. Mm. Uh-huh. So I'm just like, well, d- thank you for the fire up and uh, so I was just like, man, that's been eating at me. Like, how can I be more di- disciplined? How can I improve my, you know, well being and all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. So I've been challenging that way. Um, about, I mean, I got to work the whole weekend basically. So it is what it is. I'm fine though. You it know. is what it is yeah I man. that's I'm, how you I'm, want it to be I'm, learn, I'm learning i gotta grow you know you gotta see your faults and you gotta grow and improve on it that's <laughs> all right bro
0: and the house will help coach you bro will help uh, yeah, build you up as
1: a man, man I, need, I, gotta, I gotta make sure i'm out the house by like at least 7 30 if i'm not going by 7 30 something ain't right
2: okay we got you uh want to give a special shout out to um lady cam uh, um, the co-host of the Black Balance Podcast. She showed us some love on Instagram. We the,
1: preach. The, the Black
2: Bounce? <laughs> black Balance? <laughs> the Black Bounce sounds like a porno. <laughs> that's
1: what I said. I was like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. It's called <laughs> the
2: Black Balance Podcast. That's... Oh, Balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro,
1: I was yeah. like, the Black Bounce? <laughs> huh? The Black
2: Balance Podcast. Shout her out. She showed us some love on Instagram. Oh, she did? What's up? Yeah. and she, then, she fine? Is she fine? And then we got Jason Joseph is supposed to send us in some artwork. It still hasn't come through. He he's said a, he, he got some custom made roommate artwork. I'm he's, to he's, tell he you, he's, an, he's an artist. He's an artist. You John, gotta give him time, right? He wrote one of them
1: coloring books and he just drew inside the lines, bro. Uh, and he wrote at the roommate. And
2: then John Mark's supposed to be sending you guys some watches. Who the
1: like what kind of watches? Nah, custom I wanna, made. Watches. All I want is a big face Rolex, bro. You got some custom
0: made watches. I'm talking about Hublot, something like that, bro. Give me. Bilo, wouldn't you like a Hublot, bro? John I would,
1: Mark, I would sell that Hublot so quick. Nah, bro. I don't need it. I'm I'm at least flex one time. Mm. What kind of watches are we talking about? Like, like he makes he makes custom made watches. Shit, <laughs> like I could take that. Okay, I'll take
0: free stuff. But I do lose watches. I don't. But that's fine. Mm. So yeah, anything else?
1: I'm good. Uh, oh well,
0: shoot, I I shout out Zach Markham. Oh yeah, shout yeah. out to Zach Markham. That's my OG man. I haven't talked to him in a while, man, but I. Spoke to him the other day. Great conversation, man. He's just really good at encouraging people, man. Pushing people forward. He just gives me wisdom. I'm young. He's a little older than me. And he just, I mean, he's taught me so much about life in all these years. And, man, it was just a blessing to he's be around him. Yeah, Zach Markham. Thank you.
1: Man, I got one more. Brandon Williams. That's my boy, man. Dang. He hard on me, though. He always ask me, when the podcast coming out? When po- I'm like, bro, I'm at work.
2: To oh, shout out to Brandon
1: Williams. He's a fan. He's definitely a fan, but he get on my nerves sometimes. Mm. I said it. He ain't gonna fight me
2: though. I <laughs> uh, appreciate you fans. All the all the dope people, Marshall. We appreciate you coming, um, showing some love, showing some support we appreciate every last one of you guys continue to spread the good news let people know where they can find the best hour of their week ah. so we're gonna go ahead and jump right into culture matters and this week for culture matters we're going to be discussing mr bill o'reilly who bill um william o'reilly i wonder if his name is Will or oh, Bill. that guy that guy's not likeable. okay So on Tuesday morning, Mr. Bill O'Reilly and friends sat on the couch and discussed today's news on their hit show, Fox and Friends. (laughs) Bill O'Reilly then went on to talk about a lady, Maxine Waters, the senior black representative in Congress. Whoa. (laughs) I totally ran over that word. The senior black representative in Congress from California. She must be Democrat. Yes. More than likely, yeah, it's California. Yeah, all right, my bad, so bro. O'Reilly said he liked how angry Waters made people, and he wanted to hear more of what she had to say. So they played a, um, a clip. Not a clip. She's a, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but they played a clip from Maxine Waters, and here is what Maxine had to say. She said, "We have suffered discrimination. We, I'm assuming, means black people. We suffered isolation," and she went on to say a few other things. After watching that clip, O'Reilly said, I didn't hear a word she said. I was looking at the James Brown wig. So I was too busy looking at the James Brown wig. His friends laughed in the background. Ha ha, he he continued to um, talk about a little bit. And then all of a sudden the internet hit. And the internet went off on Bill O'Reilly like it usually always does, and a lot of people were up in arms and frustrated and really angry about those comments calling Bill O'Reilly a racist, saying he was very insensitive, <laughs> saying he was sexist. Oh, and so we're gonna go ahead and spend these next couple of minutes talking about these comments. I want to know what you guys think? Was it wrong? Was it out of bounds? Was it racist? What is your opinions?
1: <laughs> go ahead, Sam. I
0: always gotta go first. Bill O'Reilly should have known better because Bill O'Reilly has been in trouble before. Bill O'Reilly was that guy uh, a few years back that Ludacris wanted to fight because he's like at a comedy club and he felt that it was okay to say the N-word multiple times. Bill O'Reilly, he's he's like a famous troll. Mm. Bill O'Reilly likes to piss people off. He likes to have controversial opinions. And he likes to challenge people which means argue with people a lot of the times so uh i mean bill riley i'm 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 not really a fan of him but he definitely should have known better uh you say stupid stuff and people call you out for it he probably wasn't even really sorry to be honest because he did apologize like a day later for saying that about her but he definitely meant it now whenever i was watching the video and when, yeah, whenever I was watching the video because it was just Bill O'Reilly watching it first and just reacting to it he was he was mouthing things like right on he, he genuinely enjoys this woman's her like how how lively she is and how much she believes what she believes in but I think he was it was out of line to discredit everything that she said and point out her hair and then compared to James Brown of all people. Somebody said it was a compliment. Uh, James Brown has good hair. Uh, James Brown, I don't know if that's what? a compliment, bro. I don't know if that could ever be a compliment to just be like, oh, this lady's ass. over here speaking something real, real passionate, and then he's like, oh, I can't pay attention because your James Brown hair is... Is mystifying me and i can't hear the real words that are coming out of your mouth bro like she she she's a woman and she wants respect
1: <laughs> living in america <laughs> bro,
0: how, how much product do you think james brown had in that hair hey. Brother, man bro that's all product bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't know i didn't know hair could do that that's, the, day, he that's the meanest part i've seen in my life james brown definitely has a perm Woo!
1: Boy, bro, hair is hey, fabulous. Bro. Listen, yeah. actually,
0: actually, James Brown hair is definitely better than hers. <laughs> well, I yeah, gotta bro, be yeah, He's killing it right now. Yeah, he <laughs> wow, he killing it right now. Yeah, bro, but Bill, o, Bill O'Reilly was just trolling her, bro, saying, "Oh, I didn't hear nothing she said, bro." That James Brown hair was. <laughs> yeah,
1: Bill O'Reilly. He out of control. Bill
0: O'Reilly's been a douche for a long time.
3: Douchbag.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Bill O'Reilly, he 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 just he said that because all the stuff that she was saying was true. So he just kind of like, I'm gonna say this so it can distract from the overall picture that she was trying to say. It's like you getting fired up. It's like, oh man. I'm getting talked about, you telling the truth, but I'm gonna point out your flaws right now so you can get the heat off of me.
0: Yeah, it's like whenever you uh you whip out a low blow. You're, yeah, getting, exactly. you're just getting it, getting it, getting it. Someone's lighting you up, with just giving bars and bars and bars, and then you're like, oh, that's why you're ugly. You know, you just hit them real low, <laughs> say shut up. That's what Bill O'Reilly did. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's basically what he did. He literally he just came, he just fired her up just so he get the heat off himself because he was, I mean, she was, th- she was speaking that truth now. Not gonna lie though, Bill O'Reilly, if
0: it was a roasting competition, Bill O'Reilly, he be one of the top dogs. <laughs> he be one of the top
2: dogs. <laughs> you don't come, care about your life. Come on, bro. So do you guys think what he said was racist?
1: Racist? Oh, yeah. man. They said it was racist
2: and they said it was sexist. Racist? Cause You know how she hit him with, I'm a strong black woman, I would not be easily intimidated. Like, Wait, I mean. Strong
1: that's... black women love
0: being use a strong black woman. Yeah, <laughs> they love saying that.
1: But I, I think she was just saying that, just so like, like, I'm gonna ignore that comment because like, at the end of the day, what's more important is what I was saying, not what his comment was to me. So yeah. that's why she was like, I'm a strong black woman, so I'm, I'm about my mission, I'm not about that bull crap she, he he talking about.
0: Yeah, I can't guess Bill Bill O'Reilly's motives. Now, I don't think it was racist. Yeah, I don't think his motives were to be racist, I think his motives were number one to dismiss her. Exactly. Uh, and he and he made a probably bad comparison on um, Connor James Brown so, and all that. He knew just tried to distract from, the, from what she yeah, was saying. Yeah, but I think, People saw it as racist because I mean
1: it was a white man. Yeah, but
0: yeah. Whenever, whenever you call out a white person's hair, it's like okay. Most people try and get white people hair. You know, like they get we like straight hair is cool and all that kind of stuff. But our hair, we've been we've been called names for so long. Like, oh, your hair is nappy. Oh, your hair is this and this. So whenever whenever she makes fun of his hair and, and compares to James Brown hair, it's like it's it's not just a joke is she he's calling out like who she is
1: he definitely should have made the comment. yeah so you know you know people are gonna spend that all uh, the type of ways i don't think it was like racist but i definitely think it was intentional and he really tried to distract from her overall picture
2: was it do you think the comment was sexist because they're also saying it was sexist as well like you think he was trying to like uh, demean women with those comments so he would be demeaning women
0: because he's not respecting what she said but instead decides to focus on her image and her hair yeah that's what would
2: make it sexist but But, yeah according to why do but why do i feel like to play um devil's advocate i feel like how come when you say one negative comment about one woman you're automatically deemed being sexist and demeaning all women hmm. you know like he could just be a jerk making a jerkish comment about a human being and that's just, you're being a jerk. But why does him saying, making fun of her hair, make him sexist and racist? Because one, is she's black, and one, is she, and then she's a woman. Like, I feel like that's, that was my only problem with the situation. Obviously, like, you know, I'm an equal opportunist, as you guys know. I believe in equality for all, you know, women and men. But if you want equality... You got to take, you know, you got to take what the men get. So, if there was a guy, and we were like, ha, look at his hair, you know, look at his hairline. You know, like let's say LeBron James made a profound statement. And we're like, oh, look at that whack hairline, LeBron James. Like, you're still dismissing it like Chris, and I agree with that totally. But you're just, you know, you're just jeering, you know, making, making a funny at LeBron. You're not being sexist, you're not being racist, you're just making fun of him. But how come you're, you're then now when... Bill O'Reilly or somebody else makes a comment about a black woman, all of a sudden it's racist or sexist. I, I think that's problematic at times. Yeah.
1: I, I think, mean I think you could you can spin it both ways though.
0: Yeah. And I think mindsets like that when people just when someone makes one 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 comment and people and people use that to cover like everything that mm-hmm. they believe, that's that's yeah. common, not just whenever you're being called a sexist, but when you're being called a racist. So yeah. many different types of things and I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's fair because What is it's fair to
2: call him sexist or fair for you to talk about? Well, I
0: mean, if it's just one instance, it's not fair, but I understand why people do it because if you would do it to one person, why wouldn't you do it to another? And then another thing about Bill O'Reilly is, I don't know the details behind it, but I remember there's a scandal with Fox oh, yeah, News yeah. and women Bill, Bill were saying O'Reilly's messed up. Yeah, yeah. messed yeah, yeah. Bill, so, messed up. yeah. yeah we, Bill O'Reilly might be a sexist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Regardless, uh, and that what he said may just been adding to that. So yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I guess that's, that's just my problem. I know, like I said, when we as a commentator, always commentating on like social issues, cultural issues, spiritual issues, whatever type of issues, like I feel like there's not especially for white Americans, you know, Marshall may be able to speak into this, but I feel like there's no, (laughs) there's no space. When you're a white male nowadays, there's no space to critique anybody. Like if you're white, you can't critique a black woman. You can't critique a black person. Like there's, there's absolutely no space to critique these individuals. And I feel like, I just feel like that's not fair. Oh snap, Marshall, you about to hop into this?
0: Yeah, man, do you,
2: Marshall, can you
0: tell us, is what Hafiz said true?
2: Yeah, I feel like for the most part, that's pretty true. Like not in necessarily a bad way that we can't, but it's just like, you
0: gotta be careful with what you say nowadays.
2: Racist! Yeah, (laughs) I, I feel like that's not fair. Like I have like, I'm not gonna call my friend out, but like I have a friend who's Hispanic and I go up to him, he's like, Venezuela, some some country in South Africa, and I say, "What's up, Mexican boy?" And then you know, it's just a joke. And then he might come up to me and be like, "What's up, black boy?" And I just laugh. About the heard that, huh? Yeah.
0: I continue. What's up, black boy? Continue.
2: And for said. me, it's just like we're both friends. You know, it's just it's just a jeer. You know, we just it's just funny. But for him to say that comment, people would take it as him being racist. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like it's not racist. Like I feel like I want to live in a world where a white man. Can critique black people and black culture, make jokes about black people, and him not be deemed as racist. I want equal opportunities for all people, free jokes for all.
1: Man, I th- I, I think it goes both ways, but like I like said, it, it depends on the comment. Like, <laughs> you we you know how black people are, especially black women. Like you talk about black women and they oh image, gosh. they gonna come at you. I'm you so know that happens. stupid. I, I hate that. <laughs> I'm gonna come at, at you.
2: you. I'm gonna talk about your image. I am I'm
1: gonna let you know I'm
2: for real I'm gonna let you know I'm I'm an equal opportunist I'm an equal opportunist If you want equality If you Like I remember I was watching this podcast And this one girl said She said I want to be treated equally And she said And they asked her What is equally She said Just treat me the way You treat white men I'm like Are you serious
1: She don't want that Do you know how white men Treat other white
2: men You don't want that you don't really want equality. You want certain, uh, I'm, I'm gonna stop because I want the feminists here when we talk about this. <laughs> but that's just kind of my two cents into the equation. Sam, you have something you got on your mind? I, I'm gonna talk about <laughs> I do not. Okay. I don't, man. So yeah, so I think Chris made a great point. Bill O'Reilly was kind of, you know, distracting from the point at hand. Maxine Waters has some great points. Sam had a great point as well. Making fun of a out of out of um, bounds. I say equal opportunists. Free speech. You want to roast people? Roast We're, people. We didn't know how to
1: feast. You can't just. I can't. You can't just roast her when she's really trying to speak about something. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Meaningful. That's wrong. I'm yeah. talking about that situation. Okay. Yeah, okay. the Bill O'Reilly's out of it's, bounds. Yeah, it was yeah. situational.
2: Yeah, yeah, but um, yes. So that was a really good segment. I like that, you guys. Look at Chris, man. Chris is Chris is being refined, man. I have no idea. Chris is being refined. Um (laughs) that's I'm just kidding. Anyway, (laughs) we're gonna go ahead and take a quick commercial break and, and jump into the main topic. We are the roommates, and this is the Conway Podcast Network. Okay, we are back, we are back. And this week we have a very, very special guest joining in for this week's main topic. Uh, we are joined in by the one, the only, my uncle, Mr. Sho Baraka, <laughs> or as I like to call him, Uncle Show. Man, real quick, man, Show, Uncle Show has been such an amazing mentor, such an amazing example um in my life man i've known him for what like seven going on eight years and man it's been such a dope blessing having him in my life and now hey hey show we appreciate you coming on the show
4: (laughs) show on on the show has it been been seven or eight
2: years yeah i met you in 2000 and because i came to blueprint 2010 wow
4: i didn't know it was that long yeah well look at that look at that
2: not
0: that memorable, I guess. Well, yeah, no, no, nah, definitely memorable. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely
4: memorable. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank y'all for having me on. I'm excited to have a conversation with y'all.
2: Yeah. So, um, so Uncle Show is a is a is a rap artist. He's a musical artist. He is a a connoisseur of many things. He's a multi talented man. Um, similar to myself. You know, no brag intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You honestly show this is a funny story I don't want to make this about me and you right now but I got a lot of my arrogance from you I'm not even going to lie to you that's what I, That's one thing I learned from you I'm not <laughs> you even lie to you yourself. I saw him do it and he got the I was like I want to do this too <laughs> hold up hold up hold up hold up so
0: show has the same type of confidence that Hafiz has
2: yeah, a lot of things you hear him say. I I copied him. Oh, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. You got
4: to believe yourself. If you don't believe yourself, nobody else will. You know
2: what I'm Hey man. Oh uh, man. But uh, so the cool thing about uh a show is that um show is uh in the in um sorry show was really really dope artist but when i met show i had no idea he was an artist i had no idea he did music or he was popular and you know famous or whatever you want to call it and show literally treated me and everybody else he met like they were just regular people and i don't mean like that in a negative sense but he he's had a great like you cannot tell he's not hollywood he's not bougie like he has such a great heart and man we we really want to appreciate you just for taking your time out of your day and we want to jump right into—is that cool?
0: It's cool. You know I'm not Hollywood if I slept at your house.
2: Oh I yeah, hey, hey, bro, don't <laughs> don't talk
0: down on South Park, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk down on our hood. Oh
4: my gosh, I'm not talking about the hood. I'm talking about that bedroom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's our pizza bedroom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank Why, uh, like Why you gotta do like that? Why you gotta do me good. like that? It's all good. All right, so um. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. So, show you got a new you got a new album coming, album that's out right now called a Narrative. Uh, man, it's some really dope stuff. I love, I love the social the social tone of the album. So, can you tell us a little bit about that album and your heart behind making making music the way you've been making in your recent years?
4: Yeah, man. Um, so this this album, the Narrative, is somewhat of a maturation of other albums. You know, uh, I think this is the first album where I felt like I didn't I didn't feel like I was a slave to a certain perception of who I was or who mm. I, of people wanted me to be um, whether it was they wanted me to be this this popular this pop culture Christian or they wanted me to be this angry black man or they wanted me to be just this nigga island who, <laughs> yeah exactly right I think this was a, this album was being able to balance the, the love of Christ while at the same time um a state like having value of me as a black man not being ashamed of that communicating that very clearly but also not making it an idol you know what i mean uh while at the same time challenging a lot of the white supremacist structures and ideologies that have created a lot of the black supremacist thought in this country because when identity wasn't affirmed by the church a lot of folks create their own identity and that's not healthy and so you'll hear a lot of kind of like that thought in this album, the affirmation of the uh, dignity of uh, black folks in the Imago Dei, but at the same time talking about injustices in our country, while at the same time recognizing that we're we're depraved, wretched people outside the kingdom, uh, outside of God and and our relationship with him. So, yeah, man, I think this album is one of those albums that, I, I had a guy hit me up and say, it's the first Christian album that he's heard that that he felt was conscious without forcing doctrine on him mm. and i think that's a good way to co- communicate it it's a very conscious album it's it's a christian album that's very conscious but doesn't force doctrine on people
2: no that's really good
1: mm. uh, <clears throat> man i can't talk right now uh so this is chris the star of the show that's what i like to call myself <laughs> Um, what up, Chris? man, I'm good, bro. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have a problem with Christian rap and my problem is, uh, it's, I think is, you kind of said it. And I believe that, you know, as a 23 year old black male that who is a Christian, the Christian rap and the, and the albums they put out is childish. Like I yeah. can't relate. Um, I feel like it's made for, you know, sixth to eighth graders, the concerts are childish. I mean, I I like I'm grown. So I I I want to hear, you know, um the struggles and, you know, the the redemption of the gospel in these in these albums, but at the same time I wanna, you know, I wanna relate. And I can't relate, you know, have to have these um songs that these people put out so I just want to know your thoughts and have anybody else say, like, man, I want to listen to Christian rap, but it's, not, it's the beat's not popping, it's, it's for little kids, I feel like, and I feel like when I go to a concert, I rarely see older black males.
4: So, look, <laughs> that's part of my attention. So that was part of the reason why I went in the direction I went in, because I felt like that when, I, when I did shows, it wasn't the people that looked like me. Like, I didn't see myself in the audience. And I felt like, well, why is the reason I don't see myself in the audience is because I'm not talking about the issues that I think that are important to me, right? And so, if you're gonna if you're gonna want, like you said, these adult black males and black women in the audience, then you got to address the issues that are important to them. And I feel like the reason why Christian hip hop doesn't do that is because of the market in which it's it's ensnared to. You think about where they make most of its money is in white evangelical church circles. Mm. And if this, is a, if this is the context in which I'm in, then I have to make music that is, I guess you could say, malleable to those types of folks. And that means I'm not going to talk about injustice. I'm not going to talk about racism. Uh, and it's it's sad. And so...
1: yeah, oh wait, are, I, are these the record labels that are telling you to do this?
4: The boogeyman who's sitting around and saying, hey, you have to do this per se, but just think about the pressure of actually being successful, right? Mm-hmm. People get into an industry to be successful. Mm-hmm. And if I'm gonna be, for instance, I'll just use me instead of trying to create a hypothetical, I'll, I'll talk about me, for instance. My my second album was the most successful album I've ever had, Lions and Liar. Um, now, I, I talked about some controversial things, but for the most part, it was a very pop album. I had songs that were like rock and roll, I didn't really there wasn't a whole lot of offensive stuff. There was a couple songs that were mature, but my third album, I began to talk about racism, and people thought I lost my mind. They were mm-hmm. like, "What happened to you, Show? Like, this isn't you." Um, and then I, I began to lose concerts. I began to lose opportunities, and I began to get protested at shows because of songs like "Jim Crow," which talk about, which has a line "Negro Island" in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if you want to be able to be successful within the market, you have to play the game, you know what I mean? And I think the problem is, is we recognize that for individuals who are young African-American males and middle-aged uh, African-American males and women who make music that is glorified in God but yet wants to deal with issues that, um, that, are, that are our neighborhoods are faced with, you're probably too Christian for mainstream music, but you're too rough around the edges for the CCM market. And so where do you go? right? Mm-hmm. And so this is why we have to start creating our own institutions and our own lane so that we don't have to feel like we're compromising our views and our values. So that's a whole lot, um, but hopefully that answers the question. But so look, my concerts now are grown, they're adults. Most of them are in places that are like bars. Uh, I do, I still have shows in churches, but my songs, I have a song called 30 and Up, like, Obviously, that's not a song for you know young white kids. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. So though I don't have a problem with young white kids coming to my show, and I don't have a problem with servicing them, but the reality is, is I recognize that there's a particular group of people that I'm trying to reach that I make my music for, and if and and, and the only way to effectively reach those folks is to talk about the issues that I think are pertinent to them.
1: Hmm. Hey, I just I have one more question. there. I'm I'm done talking can you <clears throat> for the <clears throat> the christian rappers fans out there that want to listen to it can you like list you know some names of some artists that that are thinking like you that are meant for uh young black men and women um that have the same ideals as you as uh, the music and audience that you're going for because i know like for me i'm a big fan of john Gibbs. with sam put me on thank you sam uh but can you list some other uh artists uh, that's similar to you.
4: Oh man, that's, this is not fair, bro. Because if I don't name somebody, and somebody listens to this interview, <laughs> hey, they hey, don't feel like.
1: Hey, know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we they we 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 like. we, try, we Houston's hottest podcast, but we ain't that big. You
4: <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> um. So there are a lot of folks that I'm sure I'm gonna miscatch, but I know dudes like Fizzle, right? Fizzle talks, uh, Fizzle's a dude. Now, this is the thing. You may not vibe with their style of music, Mm -hmm. but if we're talking about just content, these are the types of dudes who talk about real issues and they're authentic about the issues they talk about. I think guys like Fizzle. I think guys like Propaganda. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I can be really honest with you, I think now Lecrae's starting to become that type of person in his newer stuff. Okay. Uh, Before, I think that, you know, uh, you ain't got to talk about it Already yeah.
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I said, You ain't got to talk about crowd already now. Like, okay.
4: So
2: yeah.
1: There
4: you we, go. We, we get it. So, yeah. um, <laughs> there, there are other cats who aren't as
1: popular. Um, like
2: the Shaolin's of the world. Nah, Shaolin definitely.
1: <laughs> he trash. Stop disrespecting Shaolin. <laughs> I, <was like, laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, I thought Shaolin would go hard
4: sometimes. Don't disrespect him like that, dude. So, anyway. He he's I don't think he fits in that, that 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 mode that you're talking about. Okay. He's definitely if you're a theolo- if you want theologically yeah. rich music.
2: Oh yeah, he is um, one of those. Yeah, yeah he's he that, over he my his head. his concerts are at seminaries. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah he, he is over <laughs> my head. And that's cool. And yeah. that's, and this is the reason why this answer is kinda hard, is because there are people who fit certain pockets of society and they do it very well. And Shy is that dude who's gonna make rap music for the, the theological, the, the seminary students, and mm-hmm. are people who love to wrestle with the deep truths of scripture. And we need that. But we also need individuals like the Jay Givens, who are like, these dudes are very, they're like in the mode of the most deaf and very esoteric, but they, they do it in a way that's okay. very redeemable. Um, and you're going to listen to the music, and you're not going to be able to discover off the first couple lines that he's talking about faith, but you're going to be like, yo, this dude is dope, and then the more you peer into it, you're going to be like, yo, this dude is talking about his faith and his religion. So I think there's a lot of people out there. um, But see, this is the other thing. I don't really listen to a whole whole, whole lot of Christian music. I think there are some that are amazing, but I still listen to, like, the Kendrick Lamars. I still listen to, uh, you know, the J. Coles
1: yeah i mean uh, yeah, I yeah. The, the those conference. were my quote unquote christian rappers and i have to just weed through you know <laughs> some of the <laughs> some of the bullery yeah. you feel me <laughs> yeah
4: yeah yeah yeah. and there's more cats i didn't name but yeah i feel you um yeah i think it's you know it, it is what it is i mean everybody has their part but and you
1: you know yeah no nah, I, I, nah, you answered the question bro i really appreciate it
2: nah i'm uh, done um man. I know I said this probably three times, but show means a lot to me. I, he really, he's one of my top five favorite people of all time in my life. Oh, man. <laughs> and No, I'm for real. I'm for real. I tell you this all the time. I tell you this all the time. But because, honestly, most of what I do today, like, I'm influenced by, like, a lot of shows' worldviews, right? Because I remember it, man i was working at a church before i got fired from it i'll talk about that maybe one day in the future <laughs> i was working at a church and i was listening to an interview from from show when everybody thought show was crazy they thought show was like this hypocritical blasphemous like uh you know heretic you know when he was like an elder at the church he was a super awesome man of guy and show said something about art that just changed my mind forever and i don't know if you remember this show you, you probably do but show said that imagine like the guy the gospel or religion or god god music is like the idea of this light and he said you can make art about the light right so like whoever made that little painting about the 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 last supper you know Mm -hmm. you can make art about the light or you can make art about what the light has shown you Mm. the light can show you love the light can show you redemption the light can show you um hope in the struggle you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like like for example like in my opinion like um that what's that song that kendrick lamar pour up drink what's that song called oh, uh swimming yeah. yeah. pools <laughs> like that's what the light has shown you like that song is about seeing that alcohol won't solve your problems yeah. like so that's as amazing. so show ma- show taught me that as a as a christian like you're not limited to just make Jesus, 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 every second. Everything has exactly. to be his lame Jesus movie. By the way, there's a movie on Netflix called Christian Mingle. Yeah. I, I try know to give that. it a chance. I don't even know why. That you did was
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Half some Christian it was movies are terrible. Hor- horrible.
2: But anyway, and so show taught me, and that's why, like, when I started making short films, when I started doing this podcast, when I started working different jobs, I understood that there's so much diversity and complexity that we can talk about because God is not just a God of you know a sermon, but God God is also the god of like a rally at a at a, uh, a black lives matter con, uh, um, movement. What, movement thing where they're talking about injustices not the other stuff so I think there's just so much more that the light has shown you um, so appreciate you for that show yeah yeah so, so a question for you uh, we want to get into the the main meat of it and we want to have the discussion with you because we've been we've been wrestling with a lot of these things um, for quite a while and uh chris and sam and i we've been we've been finding a lot of issues with um you know connecting with churches because we feel like a lot of churches nowadays especially evangelical ones they don't really address issues relevant to the african-american community you know and so while we want to while we, we while theologically you know and the and the missiology of the church like this idea of going making disciples loving serving the needy and all that stuff like while the theological principles we agree with like the practical and social social principles we don't agree with um, we don't see it being like pro them them being proactive about it so i mean why do you think there's a disconnect between most churches and like activism especially when it comes to like minority especially african-american communities
4: well that's something that's been systemic since you know um i mean it started in europe with uh, after the Enlightenment, and then you got Emmanuel Kant, who teaches dualism, and the church has been affected with this dualism, where our faith should then impact every other area of life. That we separate our faith from our involvement in the marketplace. So you don't you don't convolute the two in a sense, right? And so what happens is when. Civil rights becomes to be an issue in the 50s. You have evangelicals now who, because of social gospel, right? And social gospel was, it became a real issue. Um, and what's the and social, social gospel,
2: by the way, did, for people who don't know what that is?
4: Well, so the social gospel news movement kind of came out of, it really became prominent out of, uh, like, liberation theology. So you have movements that started in South America. Um, I think it was uh, Cuba. And some other places where basically the idea is that the gospel mainly is here to reform systems of injustice, not really to deal with the individual, uh, and that God is on the, on the side of the oppressed. And uh, where that falls short is that God, he, he is a liberator, and the gospel is liberation. But it also, uh, He also is very serious about our personal salvation, our personal relationships, and so and just reforming systems of injustices is not good enough to redeem dark hearts, right? Because we all are broken, depraved people. Um, so the problem was, is because that became such a pervasive message, the Evangelical Church kind of just said, you know what, we're gonna just drop the whole idea of social gospel altogether, or social justice. And so this is why you found so many people not partnering with Martin Luther King, uh, Martin Luther King the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, Because they felt like, and this is what Martin Luther King's letter to a Birmingham from the Birmingham Jail is talking about. These white evangelicals are telling him to stop being a divisive individual. Just wait, justice will come. And Martin Luther King's saying, "Like this is not this is the gospel. Like we are we are people who who are um, who are living by the word." And uh, I'm sorry, I got distracted for a quick second. Um, You do that a lot. he's He's challenging them. He says because this is the problem you you are in a, you have a posture of privilege and only people from posture of privilege can say wait for justice mm-hmm. But the gospel asks that uh, it, it, it 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 expects us to act now right and so that has been the church for 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 decades and so we're still in that where today you'll find people who believe that god or the bible doesn't speak on issues of justice right because they just believe that's Issues of justice uh, have nothing to do with individual salvation and what folks like myself and folks like you guys understand is that the gospel doesn't just only have personal implications but we believe because people are broken they operate in broken systems or they create broken systems right so let me preach real quick for a real quick second go ahead if we if we understand that God created us to reflect him right in the imago day he created us to reflect him individually we see that in Genesis one, but we also see in Genesis one that He made us to have relationship with one another, right? But then there's something that happens in uh, verse 26 to 28 where He says He also created us to be cultivators and creators and have dominion over the earth, and all this is perfect. Well, what happens when sin enters the picture is that not only are our, our our image is fractured and our reflection and our relationship with God, but it also takes our relationship with one another. But the third thing and it also it also affects our creating and our cultivating. So that means not only do we have bad reflection of God who, who we are in God, we have bad relationships with one another, that means we create broken systems. And so if we believe that the gospel has personal implications and, and, and Jesus restores our image of God personally and he restores relationship with one another, that means he also calls us to restore and redeem the systems that we created that are broken. And this is where the gospel is very complete. This is where the gospel speaks to, but there's so many people who don't believe that. And so, uh, this is where the the church falls short. And uh, I I like to call it what it is. is, It's just an incomplete gospel that most of these churches are teaching.
0: Mm. Well said, Mr. Show. Um, Crazy thing is, I mean, it seems like you've been dealing with this for a long time, but uh, this is something new for myself and Chris over here Yeah, this is something new for myself and Chris over here Just really That's Sam Yeah, this is Sam This is Sam I'm the one who hasn't spoken yet <laughs>
4: What's going on, Sam? <laughs> oh, I thought it was just two people Okay now <laughs> <laughs> I, Bro,
0: it's the third The third But yeah, uh, Chris and I This one something we're just starting to see uh, We I haven't been a Christian for a long time And uh, Whenever I first heard the gospel whenever it's given to me it was just an individual type of thing Uh, it was about my own spiritual growth and things like that and for a while that sufficed me whenever I was being disciple that sufficed me whenever I was following along someone else but over time everything that I was doing had to become personal it had to become my own and I went out into the world and I kind of started to test what the church was and try and be a part of these evangelical circles and I felt I guess I kinda of felt incomplete. I felt like I was inserted. I felt yeah, like exactly. an outsider. Yeah. And you know, I came to people to talk about it and things like that. And what I what I heard was what I heard is just kind of what you're saying right now, but I kinda of didn't understand what it was. I remember this summer in July, uh, whenever Austin Sterling, Philando Castile, that kind of thing happened. I remember me and my brothers, we just we just sat in our house silent. Mm. Didn't know what to do. And then I went to church the next day and nothing. It was silence. It was it was silence. Maybe the worship pastor said a word like, let's pray for the turmoil in our country. And man, I felt like immediately I felt out of place. What am I what am I even doing over here? Um I feel cared for just so many so many different things and uh, I mean I had to learn it the hard way kind of you know Um,
4: yeah no it's it's a wake up call right and but part of the problem is is that this is why when you build your identity in circles that uh, with, with people who don't really get you and understand you then you you realize like man this wasn't like like this I thought I thought this was home, he, he, and it wasn't. You, you start to realize, like, well, what do we have to do to start creating communities and institutions that reflect us where we don't have to run around proving ourselves? And this is the beautiful, like Toni Morrison talks about racism, and she says racism is just a distraction because at the end of the day, you spend your time trying to prove like, you know, that you're valuable, prove that you're beautiful, prove that you're smart. The whole time you're trying to prove to other people things that that's their problem. That's not your problem, racism is not my problem, that's your problem. And why am I trying to, hit, like, you need to deal with the mental illness of, of feeling like you're superior than me. And this whole time I've been trying to prove that I'm missing that or that, I haven't gotten anything done. So now granted, you look through history, what have we done in this country? We've consistently tried to prove our humanity so that we, we move into their communities. We want to integrate into their systems. We want to prove to them that we belong in your system while, at, while, while doing that, forgetting that there are communities of color that are suffering by, by realizing that our institutions are suffering. And I'm not pr- preaching separatism in a sense, but what I am saying is, Stop being distracted by trying to prove that you're, hu- that you're human and that you have dignity and realize, well, you know what? How do we begin to, to, to preach to the issues and the needs in our community? How do, you, how do we begin to build economic structures in our community? How do we begin to start to teach that the dollars should last in our communities more than just seven hours, but like the Koreans, it lasts 21 days, but in our community it lasts seven hours. That's something that we have to solve. White people aren't going to solve those issues for us. That's something that the church is going to have to begin to solve because the white churches aren't going to solve because they have issues of their own, right? And if they're going to, if they're going to solve problems, they're going to solve their own problems. So the black church, black Christians have got to stop trying to figure out how do we prove our humanity in the context of, in white context. It's not saying, you know what, what I'm going to do, is I'm going to start going to places where I'm valued and I'm going to start figuring out how do we restore the Imago Day in these communities instead of trying to prove I'm something to people, where I'm constantly uh, forced to, 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 to exist in this paralysis, and I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah.
0: Nah, I think it makes sense. Uh, just off a of personal experience, I think whenever I was in that kind of situation, or whenever I was in that kind of situation, or about up my concerns, what it ended up being is, we need you, but not we need you so we could so we could understand you, so we could really kind of grow. It was kind of it was kind of putting a burden i'm the black person to come over there and uh really take in their culture to be someone who to what we were there for was kind of it i mean technically it was to prove our worth so that other people could understand and maybe something could change because of that that's a lot
4: and the great and the thing is is that some of us are called to be that missionary i mean it's like it's like a paul being called to the gentile um but i feel like over, over, it's been an overwhelming thing in history that most folks and exi- like a lot of us have tried to exist in those circles. Now, um, this is the other thing when we're when we're in those circles, like for individuals like you, when you're when you're asked to be in there, the problem is is when we challenge those structures and systems, mm. they're not they're not very welcoming. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? And so, this is the hypocrisy of asking to be called into a circle. Don't don't ask me to come here and speak. This institution, but when I do it, you have a problem with the things that I share. You know, I mean, times people ask me to consult on their church issues and race reconciliation, and I and the first thing I usually start with is, well, you need to start hiring African Americans. And they say, nah, that's a little bit too much. That's too radical. They don't necessarily say that, but they pretty much by they say it in their actions by going to other issues. And it's like you guys, you guys, the way America has progressed is through power, and you you. How about you use your power and privilege for the benefit of other people instead of continuing to progress through power for your own benefit?
2: Mm. yeah, man. man, something that you said stood out, and there's this thing called Kairos. And it's like this idea of like these these moments in history or moments in your life yeah. that happen that you never forget, and like show has so many of those moments when when we have these conversations. And something that stood out to me so much is only people with a with a posture of privilege can say wait for justice, right? And yeah. in that image. I when you said that sentence, I immediately had this image of somebody in the ocean drowning, right? And he's screaming for like a lifeboat. He's screaming for a lifeboat. And then you have a group of people on a like cruise liner enjoying themselves and saying, oh, the boat is coming. Just wait. You know, just wait. In due time, the boat will come. You're okay. You know, like, because you're okay, that's why you think it's okay. But if you were drowning, you wouldn't think it's okay. Like, the biggest issue I have, am I going to call anybody out, is these, these um, when when we bring like issues relevant to African American community, when we bring issues like police brutality, when we bring issues like unemployment and joblessness, which is not even talked about, which is a totally different thing. When we bring issues about um, lack of business opportunities, when we bring issues about lack of um, home ownership, when we bring these issues to these evangelical churches, they always say, we're trying, we're trying, we're, we're slowly getting there. We're learning, we're, we're slowly getting there, but, in reality, for them, it's not a big issue, you know. Like abortion, yeah. you ain't try. Like we, we know what trying is, because abortion. You talking about it? You putting millions of dollars to it? You having conferences about it? You are? You will do everything in it? And and. and go above and beyond for abortion, you know, to go build a well in Indonesia. You know, you will do whatever it takes. You will move like flash, you know what I mean? All of a sudden that weight becomes a sprint. But when it comes to our issues, it seems like uh, yeah, we're trying to get there. We're trying I'm reading books and I'm trying to understand. Yeah. Is, is that your white voice Hafiz? Yeah. No, my nah, white voice mean. is the Dave Chappelle one. Nah. Well, we're <laughs> we're trying to understand and we we're, we're reading our books and you know. No, nah, what I,
0: what I think it is is it's just it's just ingenuine. Like if you like Hafiz is saying if you really cared about it, something would be That's done. That's what I always say. If you really cared about it, something would be done cuz it's it's not that hard. It's, it's not it's, that hard. It, I mean, well, it's it's
4: it's you know, we think about it, man. Like, right? and we all struggle with this. Like, think about if you've had power and privilege for centuries, and then all of a sudden you recognize, like, man, the only way for for another people group to advance is for me to say, you know what? I recognize I have power and privilege, and I'm going to give it up yeah. for the benefit of other people. Psych. Fighting for abortion. Fighting for abortion doesn't. Have, you don't have to delineate power. You don't have to dismiss power. Building wells in another country, you don't have to give up your power. Those are those are great things, and I mm. love those things, and I will continue to hope that, that, that churches do those things. But you don't have to give up your privilege and power to do that, because that just takes a service project, right? Um, but what does take power and privilege is to say, you know what? These systems that we created have intentionally benefited us for hundreds of years, and I believe that God is grieved by this. And the only way that we're going to change this is by flipping the system on its head and by saying, you know what, let's change it so that it is equal for all people. And that's going to take some serious repentance and restoration. And that, more that means a lot of people are going to lose power. And I don't think anybody, and this is the reality, even us, you, you think about ways that you selfishly could give power up in your own life. Because I know you think you don't have it, but you probably have some. Like, one of y'all jokers probably got a room that's bigger than the other, and you feel like you deserve it. (laughs) And the other person is complaining, you're like, man, are you willing to give that room up? Or just say, you know what? I have every right to to have this room, but I'm going to give it to you because I believe that this is going to be the best harmonious situation for us. Mm. And we probably wouldn't. Um, and so, even in the little things, we struggle with this kind of stuff. And think about a system. Think about companies that have that have benefited off of the free labor and are now uh, creating other companies. So anyway, it's, it's 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 a lot. It's 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 a, it's a lot of conversation.
2: Mm, yeah. So. That's, that's good. Yep, it It's is, been man. good stuff so. yeah. so, good. So, 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 I'm
4: so, gonna have to do this again. I'm gonna have to do this again. You, oh yeah. yeah next time we're definitely. talking about
1: Africa though. Next <laughs> time we're talking about... And ne- you gotta be here. I, we're, the, we're talking uh, about the, the immigrants, immigrants next time. time. I have to see you in person. You're yeah. gonna just walk in my house and I just greet me. Uh uh-uh, uh. You have to be here next time cause... <laughs> uh, okay bro. Yeah, <laughs> so sh- sh- sh-
2: sh- we want to respect your time and we really appreciate you. And I know I have you over a little bit, but real quick man, Um, quick question. In closing, how can a younger generation of Christians be, pro, be more proactive in serving and meeting the social needs of minority communities and underprivileged communities? Like, what can this new younger generation do to be more proactive? First,
4: first they got to be in proximity. It's not just like talking from social media. I think we do a great job of fighting the calls from social media and having the academic understanding, but not doing it in proximity. Um, but being our, our incarnate, I think mean, you got to. And incarnate doesn't mean just coming in and trying to change the situation. It means dwelling amongst folks, learning, you know what I mean? And becoming indigenous to that people. And so um, if you want to, it's funny, like when we think about missions in any other country, you think about being trained and living amongst that. No, this is the other thing, man. Like, black people are monolithic, so we're not all the same. And uh, there's value, and there is ingenuity, and you can learn a lot from these communities. It's not just you coming in there and trying to change it. And this is the other thing about, that I think is kind of radical, and I'm still trying to figure this out. My brother talks about this a little bit. Christian maturity is not just taking somebody from poor to middle class.
5: Because
4: mm. there's going to be some folks who are poor, and they're going to remain material, materially poor, but they're going to be strong in their faith. And what does that look like to train people up in righteousness that may not ever get to the middle class? Uh, And so although we want to alleviate systems of injustice, although we want to, but the reality is the Bible always talks about the poor is going to always be amongst us. And uh, we're always to have a heart for the poor and the homeless, the widow and orphan. But the reality is, is just because you make a poor man rich, doesn't mean that they're closer to God. Mm. Just because you you correct systems of uh, criminal justice doesn't mean that they're closer to God. You're redeeming and restoring brokenness, but the reality is, is black uh, dark uh, hard hearts need to become soft. And so living amongst people, sharing the gospel, and understanding that you got to learn, uh, those are a couple of things that I think are very important.
2: Well, so we uh we appreciate you. You know, you're officially a roommate. You know, um, we're really, really, really thankful for you coming, um, taking time to all have right. this conversation with us, and we look forward to being able to um, converse with you in a later time. So we really appreciate you. Yes, Thank sir. You. Hey, man, sure appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks for being on. Thank bro. Y'all, man. The bars, it's man. Fun, this, the
1: bars. You, you be, re- you be writing your
2: songs. So you be writing your lyrics down? all right already know you. Of course. Be- <laughs> 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 all right. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we are the Roommates, and this is the Condo Podcast Network.
1: Okay, we, we are, are back. back. <laughs> we that are was back.
2: awkward. We are back. We are back. <laughs> Chris tried to hijack me. I did. I did. It didn't me.
1: work.
0: It yeah. worked y'all were very synchronized.
2: I know though. we really were. That was a good job. Good hey, job. I have some talents. Picking picking up my uh, cadences. So we're gonna go ahead and drop <laughs> it. Jump, jump, <laughs> see what we got to do with? Is this, a, this is, a, this with? A, is this a rehearsal? It is a rehearsal. <laughs> Jump into the debate of the week, America's Favorite Segment. We want to apologize for not having it last week. There's some technical issues, but we're back and we are better than ever. I'm back and I'm better. So for debate of the week, we have a very, very interesting question that we're going to go ahead and wrestle with and conversate about. And that question is this. What would you do if a large amount of money just poof? Showed up in your bank account, so I'll say that one more time for the people. What would you do if a large amount of money just magically showed up in your bank account? We will debate it. Who's first? I'll go first. What I will do, wait, I think
1: I think Sam need to give the nah, background nah, first. No, 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 I think that's we're giving
2: the, the back background,
1: you don't want, okay. Well, I mean, no, I'm, just because we gotta, we gotta, I say, look. If your check is normally two to three hundred dollars uh-huh. and eight thousand dollars pop up, that's a huge difference. We gotta debate that. We ain't talking about three hundred to five hundred. We're talking wait, about three hundred so, so to the, eight grand. So it's pop up.
2: Is that from the company? That is from the company, from your, your normal employer. Employer. Okay, Your employer. And I'll tell you, okay, good. Easy. Go ahead. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna take out seven thousand eight hundred dollars. <laughs> right? And then I'm gonna be like I'm gonna spend all that money immediately. Spend it immediately. I'll probably pay back a couple loans. You know what I mean, dude? I'll, I'll, I'll have to, you have to spend it. And then if the company's like, oh, we made a mistake and we, cause, it, cause technically speaking, the company can't go into your bank account. Like they can't go back into it. They can sue you and try to get the money out, you know, but I think it's only the IRS that can actually, what's that word called? Garnish. Garnish your wages, you know? Oh, <laughs> and if they garnish your wages, that's cool too. Um, because I got something for that as well. So what I would do is I'll spend it all. I'll say, hey, it was an honest mistake. I had no, I, I thought I was getting a bonus for doing a good job. And I'll go ahead and be like, hey, oh, you got to start, what? Okay, Erby is coming out of the studio. Oh snap, get on it's the mic, It's the microphone cutting right into my time. <laughs> no, finish, finish, go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, I was actually he done, was I was dead. done, yeah, yeah, I was done.
3: No, uh, This happened to me recently. Uh, I'm not going to tell the name of the company, but this exact thing happened to me, and um, I like to think I'm a high moral person, but it it tested my faith. Mm. Uh, wow. No, no wow. but, um, but uh, you, you're right. The company gave me, it was a company that I haven't worked for in like two years. And I was looking at my bank and I just randomly saw like, $800. So I'm, I'm like, what for my bank account? I never even use anymore. So I was like, okay, that's really, really weird. And I happened to be going to hang out with uh, people that did the same thing that I do, but they did it currently. They were like, yeah, we got all kind of extra money. And some people didn't get any money. So the, the company made a mistake and sent every employee that worked during that year, uh, a lot of money. It was on the news and everything. So I was like, Oh my God, like, what do I do? took all that money, <laughs> like, <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Because like you said, now, if it was like a bank, if it was like random deposit from the bank, yeah. I wouldn't touch it, because that, that, that's an immediate, like, you yeah, going they, to get locked up immediately, but um as far as like a company, oh, now nah, y'all messed up. <laughs> it's,
1: <laughs> it's
2: y'all, take it, that's on y'all. Because worst case scenario, and I'm saying, taking out the money, all they can do is say, let's say, we're gonna garnish your wages until you pay it back. Right, worst case scenario. That's just like getting three checks in advance. So literally, they paying, and you can quit at any time. So let's say so-and-so got $200 checks, right? Yeah, Every two weeks. And that's $400 That garnish, That garnish won't work out. That's that's 40 times what they make. No, I'm saying you're getting $400 a month. They're saying we're going to garnish you while you're working here, right? And so you won't get a check for what? That's four times four, 48 for like what? A year and a half? But you still have a year and a half worth of money already. So like getting money is like getting an advance.
0: I don't know. (laughs) Listen, man. When you get a blessing. Who are you to just deny it like that? Mm. If money falls out the sky into my lap, you think I'm going to just be like, hey, God, you can have this back. I don't want it. I'm I'm straight. Nah, I'm taking that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that. And I'm running with it, and I don't care about the morals.
2: Is <laughs> it morally wrong? Um, Hardly. hardly barely. It,
1: it, it, barely. Come
2: come on. You have it's to moral.
1: ask if it's morally wrong.
2: No, come I'm, on. I'm just come, no. on. It's it's just on, just, come on,
1: guys.
0: Come on, guys. I don't it, think it's morally wrong. Like, it's...
1: It's definitely morally wrong.
0: You screwed oh, up. I'm to like that's
1: like the te- the teacher accidentally giving out the answer key to the test and y'all use the answer key and y'all made a hundred No, that's on the cheating.
2: Test. So, the so company y- gave you money.
1: No, the company accidentally gave you money. You don't know Not gives, bro. That's B lo. That
2: is definitely what happened. You can't say so, you, we don't know that. So if it We don't know. I think we if definitely it was, know.
1: I think if it
0: was I think if there was something wrong with it, they'd be able to take legal action and get the money back from you. But I mm-hmm. think if they made a clerical error? You never you never know That's on them.
1: That's yeah, on them. You, you can know. you can say that about the teacher. Oh not. the teacher made a clerical error and gave us an answers to the test and now we good. That's no that's that is totally their fault. Different. That's that is, totally no, different. No, it's not. That's but, the same thing.
2: No, but even that's their fault. Why are you being negligent? Like you no, no <laughs> this no, no. your job. I think I think that's a bad argument because like the company is giving you money for your job, right? The company accidentally gave you more money than what you earned. Yeah. Okay and a company accidentally gave you more money than what you earned, uh-huh. that was their mistake. Okay. You don't know if maybe, I might, I don't know God. Okay. All, not like that, but like in the intricacies of, he may be like, I wanna bless you, so I'ma let him, the, 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 the selfish, sinful, evil company, slip up and give you some extra money.
1: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, you
2: you can play it that way. I'ma say you, you literally, you don't nah. know. I mean, you can but, say
1: that about every, everything, Hafeez, yeah. cool. if you would say, oh well, Gosh, nah. this woman just happened nah. to walk by herself. I think God is telling me to go rob her. No, like, you can different. say that. How no, that? That's, that, that's, that, definitely that's doing something. Argument. That's definitely hey, doing hey, something hey. wrong to go get it. Hey bro. man, look, listen. But it just fell in your lap, B Lo. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's I'm not, fell in your lap. I'm just saying you can't say it's not morally wrong. That's like winning wrong. the lottery. You can't say it's not morally wrong. Okay. You can't say that. that. A, if you have to ask it's morally wrong. That's not true.
2: Should I buy new shoes? I don't know if I should buy new shoes or not.
1: No, bro, you, that's, not, that's not the okay, same. Okay, now, I think
0: you shouldn't use the money immediately. You should be responsible with it. Yeah, I think hold you, it
2: for a good. I, I, I think you should sit that on that. it for
0: a second. I think you should sit on it for a second, just in case something goes down. Because if you spent that money and they actually can get it back, you got to look. And you don't want to be kind of situation like, I think you should sit on it for a little bit, just in case something happens.
1: It's morally wrong. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> it's, it's morally wrong. would Jesus do it? Um if say,
0: you have to I don't think. know. I don't know. Come on now. Jesus Jesus wouldn't steal. Jesus wouldn't steal. But is it stealing?
2: I got a I got a, I got a question. If a question. Jesus
0: found twenty dollars on the street, would he pick it up? Hold that's not the same. Wait, that's not Real quick, real quick, real quick. No, it's not.
1: Let me explain. Let me explain. You work to earn money. Okay. And it paid you more than what you earn. That's different than finding $20 on the street. That's different. Yes, it is. Stop it. It's a hiccup. It's a hiccup. It it's hiccups. a mis- it's a mistake made by the company. Even though it's not your fault, that doesn't mean that it's correct for you to be like, "All right, I'm gonna just keep this eight thousand dollars." Not
2: you just can't be, do just, it. Just be quiet about but it. But I'm just saying, it's still morally wrong. Is it morally wrong? I, I definitely because think it now is. that I'm thinking about it, it's like you going, it's like you're working at you going to Walmart. You give the lady a twen- um, ten dollars, and she gives you twenty dollars worth of change mm-hmm. instead of giving you two dollars back. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Well, that's, because, oh, that's a good one. That's a, I'm telling you, it's morally wrong. Is it morally wrong? It,
1: it ain't no. It, it
2: is <laughs> because maybe I just want to say I wonder if it's a blessing. I mean, you can look yes.
1: at it like that, but at the end, of the, the end g- of the day, it's still morally okay, wrong. I'll uh, say this: because a I'll blessing say this. can't
2: be morally
0: wrong. I'll say
1: this: it's not I, like it's questionable. It's questionable. It's morally wrong, but but you can't
0: be a blessing if you need. But it. it's <laughs> just that's the rules of the game, B-Lo. Hey, like, you know that's I'm
1: not that's, I'm not against taking the money. I'm at just the end saying. of the day it's the rules of the game. My whole thing is it's morally wrong. If you So take what would it, you do, Chris? <laughs> <What> <laughs> I, do? I know what he would man, do. I would be so afraid, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> I'm so afraid of being statistic. I mean, I just bro. I don't want no nothing on my record. i will be scared, bro. Mm. Um but dang, it really depends, man. It depends on the money to me. Like $20, man, I'm keeping that. Mm-hmm. I, know but like he 8, I know what it would But like 8000 I know what it would do. oh my God. As a financial really advisor. I would really yeah. have to pray about it, bro. Yeah,
0: yeah. you, you pray about it, bro. But you. Oh, man. But while you're praying, 8, you 000? keep it to the side. You keep it to the side just waiting for you. You know what? Eight thousand tempting you. Know
2: 8000 oh. Bring that camera my way. You see, <laughs> that's a lot. What people don't know about me is about 80% of the time I'm right. And guys.
0: I want to say something. This is a big moment. That number has actually gone down. If you rewind no, earlier in the show. It's always been 80. Oh, no, no. It's always, it it's always been B-Lo. 80. Below. It's always me up? been 80. It's always been 80. not it been in the 90s I before? Never, I don't never. It's always care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm
2: going to text my friend real point. quick, and we're going to. That's fine, Hafiz. I'm going to say how. Hafiz, you right. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. So, and the reason why I'm right almost 80% of the time, here's why. Because I am open to listen and to have my beliefs change change when they're wrong, and to be honest. I think Chris made a great point. I would return the money. I would return the money. In the situation, the Walmart cashier? No, in in this situation, because he made a great point, because it, first, because I'm thinking about what if they try to get that money back immediately. (laughs) Immediately. And potentially they may charge hit you with theft, and you can go to prison. This that they definitely
1: there. I, I know I work. They, I they had, probably can't hit you with theft. I, no, I had worked at that. academy, bro. I promise you, I had worked at academy. I have seen somebody get arrested over fifty dollars because the person forgot to walk out, uh, forgot to take their change when they left. So he just pocketed the money, fifty dollars, Well, and went to jail. They went to jail. Yeah, they didn't get someone $50. their. They didn't give someone their change. No, the customer just left, just forgot, and he ran after them, and then he just kept. I guess he was too late, and then he got caught. on Yes, I have seen this. I was at my cash register, you know, dude. Doop, doop. I have seen the police walk in, called him in. They had showed him on video pocketing the money. That man walk out of handcuffs, crying,
0: Dang. gone. Man, I'm just tripping because I'm just like, you gave me the money, so, man. I'm just supposed to give it right back. I, if I was I running a business,
1: man, I guess if, 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 somebody, yeah, if I knew somebody, if somebody do me like that, I'm you gonna yeah, you're, we're you're probably money. gonna get terminated if yeah, you don't give yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably that, gonna that's happen. That's why. That's why. That, no, you mean you, but you can't. I think you can put legal action on. It. I think you could definitely say they stole my money. They I don't knew. think you can say they stole. I think it. You can. I know. Don't I just don't know how you would, How would you have to define theft? You know, if you know that you have got paid more than what you earned. If you willing like come on, we're talking about his normal check, two to three hundred dollars and eight thousand showed up. But yeah, like you know yeah, dang well that money that's back. not correct. Money back. That money you got back. you know that's not yeah. correct. They can definitely yeah. say theft. It's, it's not like,
2: worth. Nah, I don't think you can say theft. I just don't eight, think theft will work. Well, well I, I think
1: It's going
0: to
2: be something else. $8,000 is too little. It's too little. Yeah. 800,000 you go to the Bahamas, you change your name to Raul, you know what I mean? Like Spanish. That's what you got to do it. You got to disappear. 8,000? No, 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 no. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not worth eight, Because really, what can you do with eight thousand dollars? I can do a lot with. It. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't yeah. got a That's true. <laughs>
1: hey, Bilo,
2: <laughs> Bilo was
0: gonna keep that money. It, it would have been a struggle, but he's gonna keep it. Man, no, bro, exactly. I would really had to not think enough. about it, bro. I really eight thousand is not enough it.
2: for me. I'm like, what can thinking about yeah. what can you buy with eight thousand dollars? That's worth it. Shoot, that's worth it. Yeah, that's you Go to true. jail for. To that's what I'm saying. For, if you go to, jail yeah. yeah, nah, just nah, got it. That's true. I ain't nothing worth going. I'm just struggling about the a million dollars. Yeah, hey, bro, we should rock,
1: man. Let me stop. Let me stop. you know the good Bilo, you know. I'm down. You know the government listen, bro. But I'm just
0: I really got I I understand the moral the moral the moral sense of the argument like it's morally wrong. It's it wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you should give it back. But I'm also conflicted because I really think that if they put it in there it's not my fault i give you that definitely yeah, I give you that's that. i guess that's yeah, just where i'm at. It's not
2: your fault but i think chris made a great point that it is your fault because you knew you know dang that well. that money was over and you kept it and you didn't say anything. you know you know that's how much money you get, you get paid you. you know you know how the courts go oh yeah them lawyers that get you oh yeah but
0: you're not going for theft though you're going that's fine you're for something fine. else yeah, I mean, you're, going, fine. you're going for something else or you might just get terminated but you're not going for theft you still gonna take an l marshall don't matter so tell me you put money in my hand you can say like if you gave me money, you could be like, "Give that back! You're stealing from me." No, that's different.
1: Heck you no. can't. That's different. That's different. That's Giving different. you money yeah. is not the same as you working. You earn money. Yeah. And you get overpaid for it. Shoot, a hundred thousand times
2: more. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> heck, no. No, that was a really that's really dope segment. That's really dope segment. Um, we're done. We are finished. Yeah. I was going to tell um, show he's officially a roommate, but he already left um, the line. So as I said at the beginning of the show, this is Hafiz. Hey, this is Sam. And it's (laughs) what? Yeah, he's he's not Sam anymore. He's Sam. You can't just switch up names. Don't call him Sam. He's Sam.
0: I've kept it real with him the whole time, bro. But I'm just
2: I'm just tired of going by the fake name. He's Sam. And this is Chris, the star of the show, and we are the roommates, and we are on the Conway Podcast Network. And this has been the best hour of your week. We want to say thank you to all of our fans. We appreciate all your comments and messages. Please, please follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can search us under the Roommates Podcast. And hey, if you like what you heard today, <laughs> you guys know where I got that from. And hey, you know where I got that from? Have I got it no from Zoom. You remember that old PBS show, Zoom? I thought you were talking about like, like, that little Boosie hey, song. If you like what you see, turn off your TV and do it. Oh, okay. It. Zoom, Zoom. I, didn't okay, watch that. I remember that.
0: that. That's what, that's what I didn't watch I thought you were talking about Lil little but that,
2: Boosie. But that wasn't zoom. hot, though. Zoom
0: wasn't zoom. hot? Zoom, Wait, it wasn't hot what? like that. Zoom. Marshall,
2: come on, man. Zoom wasn't hot like zoom. that, man. Zoom it zoom wasn't hot like, zoom. Hot like that. Zoom. Oh my god. Zoom. It, it wasn't hot like that, Zoom. Shout out to Boosie, man. Share the podcast on your social media. Be our ambassadors. Marshall, appreciate you coming, showing us some love. So let the people know where they can experience the best hour of the week. We are the roommates and this is the Kind Podcast Network. <laughs> Goodbye.